Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our special guest is Joey Pontarelli. He's the author of It's Not Your Fault, A Practical Guide to Navigating the Pain and Problems from Your Parents' Divorce. He's also started running a successful website called RestoredMinistry.com. And uh, Joey, thanks for joining us today. Deacon, it's an honor to be with you. Great to talk with you again. Well, you know, we had talked, geez, probably a couple of years ago. I can't even remember how long it was about, uh, you know, your your ministry, about really working with young people uh, to deal with the pains of divorce. And you put this book together and, you know, reading the book, you know, I can kind of, you know, you can feel your pain, but you can also feel you know, how much you really want to try to help young people try to navigate Mm -hmm. this because way too many young people are told, you know what, you're young, you're resilient, you'll get over it. And they just kind of get brushed off. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I I think that's one of the biggest myths when it comes to divorce. I think intuitively, a lot of people know that divorce is like this ugly, painful thing. But so often we focus more on the parents who are going through the divorce than the children. And when it comes to the children, kind of the cultural belief is that, like you said, they'll be fine. They're resilient. And the truth is they won't be fine and they're not as resilient as we think. And we can get into some of the research, but the truth is that so many of them struggle in very serious ways with emotional problems, unhealthy coping, relationship issues, difficulties in their relationship with their parents. The list goes on and on. There, there are very real problems that they deal with, but for some reason, as a culture, we've just overlooked this trauma that they've endured and the uh, life-lasting effects that come with it. Yeah, I just think, you know, you really hit the nail on the head about, you know, all the things that go on. Again, we'll get into some of the details. And you mentioned Layla Miller in your book. We've had her on the show. And, you know, we have her book, Primal Loss, which is a, a bunch of people's stories about divorce. But yours is, so I highly recommend that book, but this book is really specific in terms of not only the pain that you went through, but what people can do to kind of navigate this really Mm -hmm. difficult time in their life that really can't be minimized. And and as you mentioned, right, kids can't be a second thought on this. This should be the primary thought. That was my story, Deacon. I came from I come from a broken family. When I was 11 years old, my parents separated and later got divorced, and it, it just shattered my world. It brought so much pain and so many problems into my life. And after a while, after I had you know got fallen into pornography as like my way of coping, I had had a lot of relationship struggles and dealt with emotional problems like anger, anxiety, depression, loneliness. I realized I, I'm broken. Uh, I need some help. And so I looked around for some resource, some guidance on how to navigate the pain and the problems that was very real in my life. And I was shocked to find that there was nothing practical for young people like me. And part of the reason it shocked me was because I looked around and I saw how my siblings were struggling. I saw how friends of mine, close friends of mine who were going through their parents' divorce were struggling. And so it just baffled me that there was nothing out there for young people who came from broken families. And so Years later, after going to Franciscan University and growing a business, I decided to start this ministry. And, uh, you know, like you said, we help young people, teenagers and young adults, 
from broken families to heal and grow so they can feel whole again and thrive. And the, the problem is if, if we're not given guidance on how to navigate the pain and problems from our parents' divorce, we're just going to continue to struggle in numerous ways. And for so many of us, the sad reality is we end up repeating what we saw in our own family. We end up repeating that dysfunction. We end up repeating those broken relationships and broken marriages. And so if we want to prevent that from happening, which I know I do with all my heart and I want to help other people, we need to heal. We need to grow. We need to be given strategies to navigate these pain and the problems. Well, that's why I think what you put together is really such a helpful guide. I, I recommend people getting it. I'm sure they can get it at Restore Ministry. Uh, but where else Where else can they get this book? Because I'll, I'll finish this interview and forget to ask you. No, no, you're totally fine. So if they want to buy it, um, they can go to Amazon and just search It's Not Your Fault. Um, if they want to put Joey in there, they can. But the first result should be our book, It's Not Your Fault. Uh, if they want the first chapters free, we're giving those away for free at restoredministry.com slash books. Again, restoredministry, ministry singular.com slash books. They could just click on the, the button there that says get free chapters, and then we'll email them uh, the free chapters. Well, you know, I think really when, when you read this book, you hear not only your story, but you hear numerous other stories. It really yeah. just goes to show you how evil divorce is. And really how selfish it is. Now, granted, there's people who get divorced because there's abuse issues. Absolutely, right? We're not saying people should stay in an abusive marriage. But right. if you get married, it is forever, to quote Sandlot. It isn't, you know, until we're <laughs> tired of it and we want to do something else. And there's nothing that irritates me more than when somebody says, well, you know, we just kind of fell out of love. Well, look, you weren't abducted by aliens. Love is a choice, right? Love is an act of the will. And I've been married for over 30 years. I'm sure my wife has been ready to bing me over the head many a time. But you know what? Our marriage is stronger because we battled through the difficulties instead of being quitters and giving up like this culture tells you to do. Absolutely. And I think that's a true test of marriage. I'm three and a half years into my own marriage. We have one baby girl at this point. And it's certainly been challenging. And I, I know people who come from broken families, typically, statistically, we struggle more in our relationships. But I have to say, it's so beautiful and it's so good and it's so possible to work through a lot of the problems that you face and to build something really, really beautiful. And it's always a work in progress, but uh, I think it, it is possible to, to build love that lasts. And that's the message that so many of us need to hear. And when it comes to divorce, like you said, there's certainly situations where a uh, legal separation is necessary in order to protect the spouse or the children. That's one of the first things that comes to mind. In fact, I know the people listening right now are thinking of that, like, well, what about abuse? What about violence and all that? And like you said, the church, the, both the catechism and canon law, is very clear that if you're in that situation, get to safety. That's really, sh it should be a no-brainer. Um, but we need to say that because a lot of people, yep. I think, um, think that we're saying, no, stay in an abusive situation. That's not what we're saying. But one of the leading researchers, Deacon, on this topic of divorce says that <clears throat> about 70% of ma uh, marriages that end in divorce are low-conflict divorces, meaning the spouses had problems, not to minimize their problems at all, but it wasn't abuse. 
it wasn't violence. It wasn't the threat of death. In those cases, essentially, they just decided that we don't want to keep trying. Now, in about 30% of cases, this one researcher says that that's those cases where a separation would be helpful to protect the spouse and the children. Now, even in those cases, canon law says the goal is always to reunite the spouses and to heal the marriage. So, for example, I know someone who's going through this right now. The husband is an alcoholic. He's abusive, bad situation. She had to separate. She had to take the kids and get out of there. She filed for a legal separation to protect the kids. But she has no intention of not staying true to her wedding vows. And so she's staying true to her wedding vows, even though her husband might not be. And, uh, and that's such a heartbreaking and difficult situation, but she is heroic for what she's doing. And so we really need to support those people going through that. And instead of just telling them, we'll just get divorced and moved on, move on with your life, we need to really help them to heal the marriage if it's possible. Well, I think that's, you know, this book should be required reading for anybody who goes in and says, I want a divorce, right? If you have children, they should have to read this book because they need to understand potential, not like a grant. We're not going to paint with a broad brush. Everybody doesn't have all these things, but we are going to inflict this in all likelihood on our children. That is attempted suicide, struggle, romantic relationships, getting divorced, Right, struggling in school, act, act out in violence, not having children, mm-hmm. not getting married, dropping out. I mean, I just went through a quick list, and you have a, a more comprehensive list. This, this is something people need to know. Look, when we mm-hmm. do something, so, there's going to be a reaction to it. And to think that we're mm-hmm. going to live in a vacuum and that we're just going to go off and find another mate and everybody's going to live happily ever after is a fantasy land. It's absolutely a fantasy. And honestly, Deacon, I think most parents, if they actually knew how damaging uh, the divorce and separation could be to their children, I don't think they would go down that route. I think so often they have no idea. And there's this myth that if divorce is better for the parents, it's better for the children, too. And there was a researcher out at the University of California at Berkeley, you know, not exactly a conservative stronghold, but (laughs) <laughs> they studied this problem of divorce for t- over 25 years, and they published their findings in a great book called The Unexpected, uh, uh, yeah, the Unexpected Legacy of Divorce. The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce is the book. And what she found is that, no, divorce absolutely is devastating and damaging to the children. In fact, going into the research, <clears throat> excuse me, going into the research, she expected to find that divorce had a minimal effect on the children and that if it even did have a bigger effect, that effect would be short-lived and you know, uh, temporary. And so what she found through the research is that that's absolutely not true. In fact, she said that the, the effects from divorce are life-altering and they last a lifetime and they're often endured in silence, which is part of the reason why I think parents aren't aware of this one, I think as a culture, we've just normalized divorce. But two, um, they, no one talks about it. And so I'm glad we're talking about it on the show. Um, we you know, have a podcast where we bring people on to the show to share their stories about how their parents' divorce has affected them. And it's never done. One thing I want to clarify to everyone listening, it's never done to hate our parents. I don't hate my parents. I love my parents. I ask my guests, do you hate your parents? 
they always say no, they love their parents. But in order to kind of work through this and to heal and to grow and to hopefully strengthen our relationship with our parents, we have to face these hard truths, these uncomfortable truths that we were damaged by people who love us. And so again, if parents knew how devastating this could be for their children, I don't think they would go down that route. And that researcher from the University of California, Berkeley, she proves that. She says that parents like to believe that if they are unhappy in their marriage, the children will also be unhappy. Conversely, if divorce is better for them, it will be better for the children. But she says things don't work that way. You know, children frequently do not share their parents' concern with a problematic marriage, while divorce brings pain into their lives that until now has gone unrecognized. And she says that we are allowing the children to bear the psychological, economic, and moral brunt of divorce. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, you can look at study after study, what broken families do, right? Especially to, especially to children, whether it's the pregnancy rate, the crime, you know, being incarcerated, it just goes on and on. And it's just so sad. And I think, you know, and I've told my kids this, um, yeah. look, if you're going to marry somebody who comes from a divorced family, I'm not saying you don't ever do it, but you better work out really hard before you say, I do, how have they coped with it? Can they get the help? I mean, make sure that you're marrying somebody who understands really the trauma that they've gone through and are dealing with it in a realistic way. Because as you mm-hmm. mentioned in your book, the, high, the, the likelihood of being divorced after coming from a divorced family is, is significantly higher. It is. Yeah. And some estimates are two to three times higher than a normal person, which is already high, especially in the United States, which is terrifying. And I love what you said. And that's why this conversation isn't just relevant to parents who have been divorced and have seen how their kids have been affected by it. It's not just relevant to the kids themselves who have gone through it. But also, like you said, any future spouses, maybe you're dating someone right now or engaged or married to someone who comes from a broken home. And this having insight into this problem, into this trauma, which we need to call it a trauma, it's very much so a trauma, having insight into it will help you to love them better. It will help strengthen your relationship. It will help you to encourage them to heal their brokenness. Because Deacon, one of the things that I've learned in marriage is that I am the lid on my marriage. My marriage will only be as healthy, happy, and holy as I am individually and my spouse as well. But if I'm broken, if I'm struggling, then my marriage is going to be broken and struggling too. Our relationships tend to reflect our personal personal condition. And so if we want great marriages, which I think we all do, if we want great relationships, meaningful, thriving, intimate relationships, we got to do that hard work of digging into our brokenness. And so often what I see is people aren't even aware of how broken they are, and they certainly don't connect the dots between the, the brokenness, what they struggle with today to the breakdown of their parents' marriage and their family. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, there is an intimate connection. And once you go into that, whether that's through counseling or through some sort of a community or even just on your own through prayer and through reflection and just hearing good content on the topic, unless you go into that, uh, we're not going to grow, we're not going to heal, we're not going to move forward. And and we're really going to struggle to have those relationships, those marriages that we, all of us long for. Well, and in the end, right, 
as spouses, we're supposed to be helping each other get to heaven and modeling Mm -hmm. that and helping our children get there as well. We don't model it when we cut and run the first time things get difficult. We don't model a marriage with Christ at the center when it's all about me, myself, and I are my three favorite people. That just leads to a path of destruction. So it really is, I think this book is a great reminder to us about you know what we need to do. But you talk about the spiritual aspects of it too and the importance of having a good yeah. faith life, a good spiritual life. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think on a human level, we can heal a lot. The world of psychology has a lot of great things to offer us. The self-help, self-help and that world has some good things to offer. I think God gave them a lot of, gave us a lot of those things. Some of them get a little bit weird, so be careful. But, um, but I think there's a lot of good things on a human level, but ultimately we're going to hit a ceiling. We're only going to be able to go so far on a human level. And so we really need God's grace in our lives. We need God's life in our souls. And he could heal us in ways that we can never heal ourselves. And so often what I see, it's young people who come from broken families. They're so often opposed to a relationship with God because of really what they went through in their family. Um, One way to think of it is this way. When we're children, the most powerful creatures that we know are our parents. And so we tend to think, well, if they're like this, then God must be like this too. And so we project, you know, their image onto God. And so we can have this extra distorted image of God, which we need to work through. We need to first, you know, identify, become aware of, okay, God's not going to be like my dad who just upped and left with another woman one day. But like on a subconscious level, so many of us are dealing with that. And it's a serious barrier in having an intimate, deep relationship with God. And again, a lot of people aren't even aware of that. So we have to, under, we have to first recognize what those issues are and then try to seek the truth, whether that's through the sacraments, through scripture, through the lives and the writings of the saints. But we really do need that intimate relationship with God. And so one of the things I would encourage anyone listening, who especially comes from a broken family, talk to God about the struggles you've been through. Like one of the things I've done through years of prayer and spiritual direction is I've had to ask God, like, God, where were you in the midst of all this brokenness and drama and tension in my family. Like, where were you? Because honestly, I felt like he just abandoned me. I felt like he was just sitting on the sidelines watching me get my teeth kicked in because I was struggling in so many ways with the breakdown of my family. And so what I learned after you know years of just wrestling with this in prayer is that he wasn't just there sitting on the sidelines watching me suffer. He was right there with me in the midst of it. And so I learned that, you know, sometimes God's only response to our pain is his presence. I learned that from Father Mike Schmitz, and I think it's so true. And so we really need to go back into those memories, into that trauma, and see, like, God, where were you? Where were you? And if you feel anger towards God, I think that's understandable. Um, but, but don't make that uh, allow you to run from him. Like, draw close to him. Take that anger to him. Talk through it with him. And for me... And a lot of the people that we work with through Restored, uh, it's so fruitful when you actually do that. It's not a one and done conversation, but it's something you can go back to again and again. I think for a lot of Catholics, especially, we kind of put on this pious face of, well, I just need to kneel straight and keep my hands folded. And, you know, I just need to obey. And 
I think that there's something really good about that and beautiful, but we really need to go into those difficult parts of our lives and to our hearts and bring that stuff to God because he sees it anyway. He knows what we're feeling. He knows what we're thinking. We might as well just give him something that he doesn't have, uh, which is our hearts because so often we just hold back um, because of the pain and suffering in our lives, which, you know, Deacon, as you know, that's the biggest barrier to faith is that problem of pain. And so we really need to bring that to him and talk through it with him and a good spiritual director. Yeah, I mean, the church does talk a lot about redemptive suffering, and so we do need to look mm-hmm. at that. No suffering is is wasted, right? It, it's all about the cross that we've been given to draw closer to Christ. The reminder is when we hide it, when we try to deny it, then we're playing right into the hands and the lies of the evil one who says, don't shine light on this, right? You're the mm-hmm. only one going through this. You're just going to have to suffer And I think this book kind of shines the light. I mean, people need to hear that they're not the only ones going through this. And that's a lot of times what we think when we come into a struggle, that we're the only ones and no one will understand. That's why to go to your website, to read your book, to read Layla Miller's book, these things will shed light on you're not alone. And I think that might be one of the most important messages people need to hear. Absolutely. I recently interviewed a guest on our podcast and it brought her to tears to to hear that she's not alone and there's nothing wrong with her for feeling the way that she does about her parents' divorce and the breakdown of their family. So often, you know, when we feel rejected or not enough or abandoned by our parents, we tend to think something's wrong with us, especially because well-intentioned people will come up to us and say, well, it's for the best. Everyone's happier. You know, like now you have twice as many Christmas gifts and two homes and you know, they try to make this into a really good thing. And uh, again, I think they're well-intentioned in saying that, but it's actually really harmful. And so it's really freeing, like you said, to hear you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you for feeling the way that you do. Uh, Viktor Frankl, the Austrian psychiatrist who wrote uh, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, an incredible book, he said that an abnormal response to an abnormal situation is normal. Meaning, you know, if you feel broken and hurt, by the breakdown of your family, there's nothing wrong with you. It's your, in fact, your, your mind, your body is, is reacting properly uh, to a very traumatic event in your life. And so to anyone listening out there who's been through this, just know that you're not alone. This is not your fault. There's nothing you did to cause it. There's nothing you could have done sadly to prevent it from happening. And, you know, as much as you might want to, you can't fix your parents' marriage. That's something they have to do on their own. You can certainly try to influence them in positive ways and just be a good example to how you would hope they would live their lives, but you can't do it for them. They have to take ownership of that. And so hearing hearing that you're not alone, hearing that it's not your fault, hearing that there's nothing strange with you for feeling that way, I think is really helpful. And if, if you want to hear more um, encouragement like that, our podcast is a great place. It's called Restored Helping Children of Divorce, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Again, that's Restored Helping Children of Divorce. And that interview that I mentioned with that uh, young woman, it, it was really freeing for her to hear that. And I hope it would be for you too. Yeah, no, I strongly encourage people to go on your website, listen to the podcast. I've done that. And, you know, I've been fortunate. I haven't come from that environment. But you, But I think even if you haven't, listening to it, You'll feel the pain that people have, and you'll be able to address it in a way which is more helpful, unlike what you're saying. Let's just throw material things at it and say that fixes it. I think the other thing that your book does a really good job on, and we only have a couple minutes, I can't believe it, is 
setting up proper boundaries, right? You are not your parents' counselor. You are not their confidant that you need to be able to set boundaries so that you can heal as opposed to carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, right? Absolutely. And uh, for so many of us who really love our parents and who want to help them, we can fall into these traps that honestly, Deacon, they, they look like we're loving and helping our parents, such as becoming their confidant. But we don't have time to get into the research. But what the research shows is that if you as a child act almost as a spouse, to your parents, it's so damaging, not only for you, but also for them and your relationship. Eventually, even though it might feel like in the moment that you're helping them, eventually it's going to create very unhealthy dynamics and healthy dependencies that should not be there. And so if you're a child and your mom or your dad is leaning on you in that way, what I suggest and what, what we've seen work in the lives of young people is try to redirect them to the proper support. Maybe that's a counselor, a, a pastor, a friend, you know, a relative, someone like that. And so one, something you can say to your mom and your dad, you could say, mom, dad, you know, I love you. I see that you're hurting. I see this is really difficult for you, but, but I can't be the one to support you in this way. Like, I, I want to love you, but it's going to have to be in another way. Like, who can you talk to about all of this stuff? And it might be kind of off-putting when you tell your parents that, but like Deacon said, we need those healthy boundaries in place in order to ultimately have a better, healthier relationship with mom or dad. So that's one struggle. Another struggle is bad-mouthing. So many parents, they're hurt by their spouse, and so they drag the kids into it. They kind of force the kids to pick sides. They say really nasty things about the other parent. And so to any parents listening right now, please stop that. Uh, I get that you're hurt, and I can't imagine what you're going through. It must be so difficult, but that's not that's going to damage your kids even more. And I know you don't want to do that. I know all you parents listening would take a bullet for your kids. And so the bad-mouthing, I get that you might need to vent. Go talk to a friend. Go talk to a counselor. Go talk to a relative, someone else, but not your kids. It can be so damaging for them. And then finally, one of the other most common things that we've seen, and this goes for parents as well as kids, is the middleman. So, so often us kids are put in the middle between our parents because maybe our parents aren't on speaking terms. And that can just be so stressful and damaging. And I've played that role. I've seen my siblings play that role. And so parents listening, keep your kids out of it. If you can't talk directly to your spouse, go through another intermediary, through your lawyer, through, again, a relative, a friend, counselor, whoever. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.